We're absolutely delighted, Jerry, to have you with us. Come and give us the good oil in Jesus' name. Good morning. Good to be here and thank you, um, David, for allowing me to come and share this morning and big thank you to all of you for your contribution and as David said, it is uh, some of your giving that helps me do what I do to travel and to move around. So um, just quickly before I share, I'm in Adelaide because I'm tomorrow heading, hopping on a plane to go to Ghana in Africa. So um, it's our first, my first trip to Africa. Um, so we're going there to, to Ghana to meet with a man named John Botan, who's been coming to our CRC conferences for a while to um, hopefully um, just work with him, hopefully start some Bible school training there for him and for his pastors and network of churches that he's involved with. So we're going to explore. Could be an opportunity for us to, to do some further work there. So uh, my first time to Africa, so I'm very excited about that. Um, come back from there and end up in Cairns for three days and um, I'm going back to Cairns for three days because we've just bought a new property and renovated it um, and moving into, we're in the facilities um, but we're doing our official opening on um, that weekend and then Monday morning after that I hop on a flight and come back to Adelaide um, for a week of meetings with um, pastors from Papua New Guinea, with Pastor Barry and a couple of pastors from uh, the Philippines and also... um, we're bringing a couple over from India. So we'll have a, a week of strategic meetings and planning and looking at the future and just some coordination between those nations. Um, and then straight after that, we have our, on the Monday that week, um, we have our international missions meeting for CRC, which I'm part of. So I'll be at that meeting with Pastor Bill and the national exe- um, some of the national exec members. Um, and then hop on a plane to Papua New Guinea for the CRC, going up to Rabao for the CRC Pastors Conference. Um, and then I'll be home at the 4th of July. Um, so I know where I'm going to be for the next month, and only three of those days will be home with my family. Um, but yeah, so traveling a lot. But you helped me do that um, and help be part of that. So thank you very much. Um, and the finance that you give to, to missions and into the nation of Myanmar is very valuable and a wonderful contribution to a nation that really needs uh, Christ needs discipling and we all know about the issues that they're having there with, um, with the Rohingya people and the, 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 the hatred that there is there, religious, some of it's religious, some of it's tribal, there's a whole mix of things and I think really the answer is for that nation to find Christ as a, as a nation um, because it's going to be a long journey for all of that hurt and all of that pain and all of that wrong that's been done to other human beings to actually come about and so they need Christ in there to really bring an answer to that and our little bit your bit of giving is one little way that we can be part of helping disciple and bring Christ to um, to the nation of Myanmar which they desperately desperately need well this morning let me share with you we're um, going to Pastor David talked about and said oh I was going to talk about taking the next step and moving forward in your journey of faith So I said, well, I've got some thoughts and some things I've been thinking about and some scriptures that have really impacted me. So we may end up with a little bit of a mixed metaphor this morning because we're talking about moving forward, but I'm going to talk about anchors Um, and having an anchor. And so these scriptures that we're going to look at are, are life scriptures for me that have been anchor scriptures, scriptures that have really... Um, when I looked at it, I thought, yeah, they're anchors and they hold me, but they are also things that actually, if I didn't have these scriptures and these verses in my life and these times where I'd met with Christ, I think they, I wouldn't have continued to move forward in my journey of faith. 
So these, these three scriptures have happened at specific times and I received them at specific times where times of transition, times of discouragement, times of wanting, seeing great need, but trying to work out how do I meet that need? What do I do with this? So I think they fit the brief, but maybe at a slightly bit, bit differently. So, um, so an anchor, these scriptures, these anchor verses for me, uh, verses that like an anchor stops a boat from drifting away, stops it moving away. Um, so if we look at Hebrews 2 verse 11, it says we must give our full attention to, oh, you going to do that for me? Sorry, you got it? Sorry. I, system broke down. Thank you. We must give our full attention to what we were told so that we do not drift away. And for me, the, these scriptures are things that God placed in my life at various times where he significantly met with me that as I hold them, they stop me from drifting away from his purpose for me, drifting away from what he would want me to do. Stop me moving away from his journey of faith for my life. And um, I think what we remember and what we look back and how we look back at the past actually really influences our way that we look to the future. What we remember about the past, how we view the past, and what we hold on to from the past actually has significant impact on the journey that we travel ahead. If we look at the past and we see negative, we see all the disappointments, we see all the, the hardships, all those sorts of things, and that's where we fix our attention, that's what we'll be expecting for the future. But if we look at the past and see the things that God spoke, the provision that's been there, the successes that have been there, the things that at times where we've met and li- or the life lessons that we've learned along the journey, it actually sets the way ahead for us. So these three scriptures are those scriptures for me. So let's have a look at the first one. Are you going to do that for us, Mark? The first one is this sense of belonging to Christ. And I was already at this stage, these are not in chronological order, they are um, just verses that have impacted me over time. But this first scripture, I was in Alatau, I'd been in Papua New Guinea for a number of years and was had pressure for the ministry going on, for the missions work that I was doing, um, and was just going through a time of, God, what, what's happening here? Um, I was feeling some pressure to uh, connect and trying to serve in the local church in Papua New Guinea and work with the local pastors there. I was also, because um, I was from the Christian Family Centre at Seton, Pastor Bill was a voice that was speaking to me about the future and what was going to happen next. And then Pastor Barry was also a voice that was speaking. And I had all these voices and things going on inside of me going, God, and I'm just starting to wrestle with all of this. I'm thinking, God, how is this going to work? And this is the verse that came to me. The Lord really spoke to me in my little room that I was staying on out in Alatau in Papua New Guinea. And it's 1 Corinthians 3 verse 23. It says, you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. You belong to Christ. So I came to the point of saying, and I love CRC, I love Pastor Bill and I love Pastor Barry, but I came to the point of actually having to say to myself, well, Pastor Bill, I love you, but you didn't die on the cross for me. 
Pastor Barry, you didn't die on the cross for me. CRC, you didn't die on the cross for me. And I love all of those organizations and I'm part of it and I'm part of the Christian Family Center and that's where God's planted me and I love those leaders, but I had to come to the place of saying, well, I need to, I belong to Christ. He owns me. Nobody else owns me. I am owned by Jesus Christ because of his choice to give up his life, to shed his blood, to pay a price that I couldn't pay so that I could be his, that I could be his treasure, that I could be his precious son, that I could belong to him, that I could be part of his family. And I'm a pastor. At this stage, I was a pastor. I'm preaching, so I'm not talking about salvation here. It's talking about actually shifting where I'm getting my, guess, my identity, my value, my importance, my, all of that stuff was, where was that all coming from? And I, my thinking had shifted to a wrong place where it was wanting to please others or somebody else rather than actually wanting to get that pleasure in actually doing what Jesus Christ wanted me to do. Because I was being pulled in so many different directions. Another translation for that, that scripture is, and you are of Christ and Christ is of God. The message says it like this, and you are privileged to be in union with Christ, who is in union with God. I love that word union there, that united, it's like a marriage. I'm married to my wife and we are bonded together forever, that that same bond is there for for you and Jesus Christ, that you belong to him, you're united with him. So knowing that place of us being inside of Christ and Christ being inside of us, man, Unless we get this, we will never truly move forward in all that Christ has for us because our insecurities, our doubts, our fears, they will rule us. What other people think of us will rule what we do and not, it will stop us from stepping forward into the journey of faith that Christ has for us. So belonging to Christ, that's where I get my identity from. So it's not from the number of frequent flyer points I have. It's not from uh, how many trips I hop on a plane, how many nations I visit. It's not from the size of your bank balance or the car that you have or the house that you live in, which is so much of what society and so much of the culture that we live in sort of keeps up. These are the things that give you identity. These are the things that define you. I had a time when I was in Papua New Guinea and Sandra got sick. So we came back to Australia for uh, a number of months. And during that time, um, before we left, I was the principal of the Bible College. And at Bethel, uh, that's quite a prestigious position. You have a lot of influence because all the work is done by the students. So if someone wants something done in the church, they come to you to get manpower. So you have the power to say yes or no. So you've got a lot of power in that position. Um, and while I was away, I handed over to uh, a good friend and he took on the role. Um, and when we were getting ready to come back, the pastors in Papua New Guinea just said that, well, he's doing a good job. We want him to continue. He was a local Papua New Guinean doing a fantastic job. So um, much of me was very happy for him. But once I got back there, I realized that there was some attitudes, some thinkings happening inside of me that I'm thinking, where is this coming from? I'm happy for my friend. But that title of principle had been taken away. That title of principle wasn't there anymore. um, I realized that, oh, hang on. Jesus, I was actually getting some of my value, some of my worth from a title and a position. 
It's so easy for us to do. That we trap, we identify ourselves in the thing that we do. So that's the first question we ask when we meet someone, isn't it? How are you? What do you do? Because what you do defines you so often in the way that we think. But it doesn't. I'm a child of God. I belong to God. That's what gives me my identity. Not a position or a title. Um, Because that position or title might go one day. We're living in a world that, or in Australia at the moment, that there's a lot of identity politics and stuff going on around the place. What tribe, what group do you belong to? Are you this or are you that? And we're putting labels and boxes and we're actually becoming further and further apart because we're trying to find an identity in something. And quite often it's happening, the identity is tied up in some sort of disadvantage or some sort of thing that we're needing, why I, I deserve to be treated different to others. But let me tell you, your identity, your value, your security, your purpose comes from Christ and Christ alone and knowing that you belong to him. And once we get that sorted, it really frees us to move forward. Move forward in the journey that he has for us. Because then you can do things, well, it doesn't matter what the others think or say, I can actually respond to what Christ wants me to say because what they think doesn't have power over me to control me or manipulate me or stop me from doing what God wants me to do. Jesus had it worked out. Jesus, when he washed the disciples' feet in John 3 verse 13, it's not on the PowerPoint, but it, it says that Jesus knew where he'd come from and where he was going. And then the next thing he does is he washes the disciples' feet. He had it worked out. There wasn't any insecurity. There wasn't any, he didn't care. He knew who he was. I'm a son of God. I am God. I'm from God and I'm going back to the Father. So I'm able to actually wash these disciples' feet. And all their attitude and all their stink, their bad thinking about why they, they should have washed the other disciples' feet themselves. But he taught them a lesson. He was able to do it because he had his identity He understood who he was. And when we do that, we're able to go where Christ calls us to go. So know who you are. Know that you belong to Christ because it's liberating and allows us freedom to move forward in all that he has for us. The second scripture I received, and Pastor Bill Vasilakis gave me this verse, and this was a prophecy or a word he gave me just before we left for Papua New Guinea. So I was all excited about going to Papua New Guinea, but there was all this sort of sense of, am I going to be able to do this? How it's all going to work? And he gave me this scripture. And not just then, but a number of times in those 12 years that I've been on the mission field, this, I come back to this verse. And it says, Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant broke, brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, Equip you with everything good for doing his will. That equipping, that he has equipped you. If we're going to move forward in faith and move forward into new things and um, advance in faith and advance in the kingdom of God, then we need to know that we have been equipped and resourced by the God of heaven. Because quite often people, a new opportunity comes or you feel a prompting from God and people say, well, I don't have what it takes to do that job. I can't do it. How could I do that? How could I go there? How could I be this or that? And we hold back because we don't think we've got what we need to actually take that next step forward. And this verse for me has been a promise. Well, God, if you want me to do this and I'm moving forward in your goodwill and what you want me to do, you will resource me and equip me 
to do the things that you want me to do. And I really am just a boy from the bush. I was born in Alice Springs and then grew up in a town called, or a little community called Ernabella, which is right in the middle of Australia, right in the desert, a little Aboriginal community. Um, so I just get blown away when I think, God, I have the privilege of traveling the world, sharing your gospel, training young men and women for ministry. I think, God, how did I get from being in the sticks of Australia, right in the outback with very little idea about anything, um, to actually being able to travel out and do these sorts of things? Otherwise, well, God, it's not me. It's because you've equipped me, you've provided for me, and that he will continue to do that. Yes, for ministry, but also in all the other roles that Christ calls you to fulfill. So whether that's to be a mother, and we saw lots of kids go out, and I'm not envious of you, um, parents of young children. Um, Our kids are now teenagers, so sometimes it gets easier. It does get easier, but there's a whole heap of other challenges. But he equips us with everything that we need to fulfill the roles and purposes that he's called you to. So whether that's being a parent of little kids or teenagers, Um, he will resource you to be able to do that role effectively. Whether it's being a father, he will resource you and equip you to fulfill that role. Whether it's being grandparents, my mum and dad are now, they're grandparents and they've been a great input into the lives of my kids and also to my sister's kids. But he will equip them to fulfill that role as grandparents to those children. Whether it's in your work, God will equip you there. If that's where he wants you to be, the good thing that he wants you to do in that place, he will equip you and resource you. Which is a wonderful promise. Because I've faced that a few times. I've looked God, I am in the middle of this place and what is going on and I don't think that I've got what I need to do this job. And I come back to that and say, God, you promised to equip me to do the good that you want me to do. Not to do the good that someone else can do. Not to do the good of someone else's responsibility. To do the good that you want me to do. I will do. And then that verse goes on to promise that um, he, may he work in us what is pleasing to him. That God is at work in you. What a promise. That he is continuing to work. That we can rest assured. And sometimes I've had moments in my life and times in the journey and some of them have been extended times where I feel, God, are you doing anything in me or through me? Like this is even being a pastor, I'm thinking, I'm preaching, this is happening, but you think, God, what's going on? Is anything happening? But God, you're at work in me. You're at work. He's in work in you. Every area of your life. So that equipping, resourcing is there. The resources of heaven are available to you. So maybe the Lord's stirring you to take a step of faith in a new area of ministry or outreach or starting a home church or, a, or I'd say home church, a house fellowship group. Home church is Papua New Guinea concept. We call our house churches, our Bible study groups or our home fellowships house church. But um, a connect group or whatever you do, that you're thinking something's stirring in you and you think, I can't. Well, hold on to that promise. God, yes, I can. I can step forward and move forward in faith because you promised to equip me. You promised to give me what I need to do what you want me to do. His grace is sufficient to cover all our sin, but it's also a grace that enables and equips and pushes us and provides for us and empowers us to continue in the journey that he has for you and I to travel. So that scripture is a very special scripture to me. So I'm going to Africa. I don't know the culture. I don't know the people. I don't know many things. I'm saying, God, I'm going to find myself in this place and I know that you will resource me to do 
what you want me to do in that place. So quite often we don't move forward. We don't step forward because we feel like we're not and we don't have the resources or we're not equipped to do the things that we need to do. Let me tell you, God will, if God is stirring you, he will equip you and resource you. The next, next passage, and this is the story of the feeding of the 5,000. And it's that Christ will take you, Christ will bless you, he'll break you and he will give you. And this passage for me, was, it was at a time when I saw the massive needs around me. In Papua New Guinea, there were so many opportunities. There were so many things to be done. And in one of the stories where Jesus is feeding the 5,000, um, the disciples come to Jesus and they initiate the conversation. They can see the need. They see all these people and that they're hungry and they need to be fed. So they have a heart for all these people. And they come to Jesus and say, Jesus, can we send these people home Can we send them back to the villages so they can get something to eat? So they've seen the need. And maybe you're like that. You can see around in your community. You can see around you the needs that are there, the things that need to be done, the opportunities that are there. And the situation just seems too big. For the disciples, they're thinking they're showing leadership. They're coming to Jesus. They can see the problem, that he's going to give them a really, okay, good that you saw the problem. Yeah, let's send them home. Do it like this. Jesus says, no, you give them something to eat. Another, ver- another time where the story is shared in the Gospels that Jesus initiates and says, I'll give these people something to eat. And they come back and say, well, Jesus, we only have five loaves and two fish. We don't have very much. It's not enough even just to feed us. And I know this passage is quite often preached as if you give Jesus your talents or you give him your little bit of money or you give him this or you give him that, he can take it and turn it into some great provision. I want to just swing it around a bit that we would actually look at ourselves as the bread. That Jesus wants to work in us that we would be a miracle provision for the needs around us. That we would be, have God at work in us as we give him our lives. That he would work a multiplication miracle in us that would allow us to meet the needs that we see around our community. That when we see that and we act like that, we will actually continue on in the journey of faith. That there'll be expansion, there'll be growth and there'll be you and I, each one of us doing our part to meet the needs of the people around us. That we won't be saying, go somewhere else to answer your problem, go somewhere else to solve your need, but we would actually be part of the answer. So you're now the loaf of bread. And there's four things that Jesus does to that loaf of bread. First, he takes it. The bread is put into his hands. And if we want to be that supernatural miracle provision for somebody else, that supernatural miracle provision of expansion and growth and moving forward, We need to put ourselves in the hand of Jesus Christ. Have you placed yourself there? And if you're not a Christian today and you want to follow Jesus Christ and you've been coming to this church and you're hearing about him, I would love to talk to you later about what it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. It's just an amazing thing to do, to follow Christ and allow him to transform your life and give you purpose and significance and direction in life to forgive your sins, to bring freedom. 
But for those of us who are Christians, that Jesus still wants us to continue to place ourselves in that place that we're in his hands, that we're available for him to work in us. So first he takes them, they, the loaves are put in his hand. Then in this verse, scripture's up the top. Then he takes it, then he looks up to heaven and he gave thanks. To me, that's, he prayed a prayer of blessing on that loaf of bread. That he blesses that bread and God wants to bless you. And if we really want to be a miracle provision and allow God to be that miracle provision of multiplication to, to others, we need to know the fullness of the blessing of God in our lives. The, the victory that we have, the union that we have, the authority that we have because of the blessing and the favor of God upon our life. The problem is so many people stop there. So many Christians stop at that place. So many preachers stop at that place. And the extreme of that is the prosperity gospel. A gospel of salvation for, for provision for you and blessing for you. But if we want to go from there to actually being the answer to someone else's need, to meet those needs beyond ourselves, we need to know the fullness of that blessing, walk in the fullness of that blessing. And I've been convinced many times in my life that that does include my finances. God has blessed my finances. God has blessed my health. Many areas where there's blessing and provision. But we can't stay there. And too many Christians get stuck at that place. They're loving the blessing of God, but they're not willing to take the next step. And the next step's not the nice part. This is where the loaf of bread gets broken. And there's no miracle provision. There's no expansion without that breaking. And that breaking in our lives can happen in many different ways. But it's a, maybe a shifting of an attitude. It's shifting of some self-focus into a, a focus on somebody else. It's the Lord taking time to actually do some adjustment to our heart and our mind and the way that we think. And sometimes this is not a nice process. Uh, sometimes it can be through a time of sickness. And I know when Sandra has had a couple of stints in, um, over the last 12 years where she's had some major health issues. And so her health issues has been a time where God has been doing a breaking in me. Uh, are you going to really trust me? Are you going to stay dependent on me? Not that God caused the sickness, I'm not preaching that. Um, but God used that sickness to actually break some attitudes and some thinkings in my own life. Some disappointments is another way. Overcoming disappointments or discouragements or just being overwhelmed by the task or a lack of results. Sometimes we can try something and there's no results so we can just sort of pull back. But allowing ourselves to be broken by God and that being broken is a surrendering of ourselves saying, God, I am yours and fully yours and I will only... I'll let you have your way in my life. Not a, not a nice process sometimes. Sometimes that can be a bit painful. It can be many tears. God, why is it like this? And coming down before him, say, God, I want to be in that place where I can be expanded, increased, so I can provide for other people. And then, so you've got the, the taking, you've got the blessing, there's the breaking, and then the next step is the part of the giving, giving out, taking that step of faith to give of yourself to somebody else. And then in that giving, the disciples saw a miracle take place. So for me, this passage, there has been times where I've gone through 
are breaking because I've seen great need and I'm thinking, God, how can I, I can't meet that need. That's beyond me. And God says, well, let me take you through a process of expansion so that I can be part of the answer for the, the needs that I see, part of the answers for the, the people around me. And I think that is part of the journey of taking the next step in faith. So if we want to increase, we want to see growth, we want to see expansion in our lives and the people around us, we need to have that type of mindset of saying, God, I want this blessing, but I don't want it to be a blessing just for me. I want it to be a blessing that blesses others. And the process of getting to that place is a process that, of breaking that takes place and then allowing ourselves to be given. So I have to hop on a plane to be given to, to go to Ghana. I have to hop on a plane to go back to Papua New Guinea. Twelve years ago, Sandra and I, we had to hop on a plane with our kids and go to Papua New Guinea to give ourselves to that nation and to those people. Um, and it couldn't happen without the giving of yourself. So give yourself. And my context, I guess, most of my illustration is in the terms of missions. But what about to your neighbour, person across the street, someone at work? Are you able to give yourself to them so that they can receive the great joy that there is in Christ? Will you allow Christ to take you and move you on in your journey of faith? So for me, these three passages have been anchor verses for me that I look back to it very... Again and again, I go back to them because they ground me, they keep me focused, they keep me moving forward. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your amazing word. Father, I thank you that you do love each one of us, that you call us, that you choose us, that you pick us out. But Lord, you have put us on a journey and the journey of following you is a journey of faith that involves steps, that involves moving forward. And Lord, so often the journey is looking back to those things that you've done to keep us focused on what is ahead. And Father, I pray right now that my words would become your words to somebody's heart. That what you wanted said this morning would have come and would minister and touch the hearts of each and every person according to your will and purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. And we're going to sing a song, and we've got a few minutes, and I've touched about a number of things. But if there's a, something stirring in you, that God has already been at work in you, stirring you to take a step of faith, to move into something new or fresh, and you're saying, yeah, Lord, I want that, and I want to have that boldness and courage to step out, I'd love to pray with you this morning. Um, and share with you. We've got a prayer ministry team that would love to pray with you, um, share with you, encourage you in the Word. Um, also that sense of belonging and where you get your value from. If you're really, you know in the core of your being that there are other things that actually define you, other things that actually give you your significance your, and your value you like someone to just pray with you this morning say God I want it to be you want to just come down and say Jesus I want it to be you I know that the fear of what other people say the fear of what another person says I feel this one is a real prompting of the Holy Spirit that there's someone where you're the whether you're still married or you have been married um, but the 
the, the view that that particular man has upon your life is really influencing you now and really bringing a, a controlling and a limiting of you now. And I'd love to pray with you about that because I think the Lord wants to, well, I know the Lord wants to minister into that if that's, that's you. Um, and yeah, sometimes that breaking process, it's nice to have people stand with us. And you're going through a time where maybe you've, it's been a long process and you're really just thinking, God, this is what's happening here. And you, you can, sometimes that breaking process for me can feel like a wilderness process, a wilderness time. You're saying, Lord, I just need to know that you're with me. And you'd love someone just to stand with you, encourage you and speak the word of God into your life. That'd be great. So we're going to open up the front. If we could all sing, stand and sing together, I'll hand back to Pastor David. But come quickly as we, our prayer ministry team is ready to, to pray for you. Folks, uh, just to affirm, if our prayer ministry team could come down, uh, if that prophetic prayer prompt that Jeremy had is for you, I reckon head for Jeremy right now and get him to pray for you. Uh, if um, it's something related to the message, you can certainly wait for him as well. If it's some other general thing, find one of our prayer ministry team to pray. But I don't have any doubt that word today was for a lot of us. It's been speaking to me. Uh, and I just encourage you now, receive that prompt and let's receive this prayer now as the team leads us. Thank you, team. Thank you.